Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest who's actually from my home and native land. She's actually from Canada, from Vancouver, but we actually haven't met in person. I had the opportunity to um, be on Danielle's podcast, and now we're actually switching roles, and I'm the host, she's the guest, and she's on my podcast. And uh, Danielle is actually a graphic designer, and she's a podcast host and course creator and much more. She's also an avid traveler and we're going to be talking about travel in a very different form, in the form of missionary work and ministry and uh, going overseas and helping out at things like orphanages and more. So if you guys are interested uh, as listeners and watchers in the subject, definitely Danielle is going to share about those tips. And uh, if you're interested in launching your own podcast, she's going to share with her, uh, she's going to share with you her journey from uh, having the idea of a podcast to actually launching it and kind of some of the mistakes she made. Uh, so we're in for a great episode today. Danielle, uh, you know, uh, to start off with, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit more about yourself. Okay, thank you, Rick, for having me on your show. This is really exciting. Um, but yes, um, I learned a lot from you, interviewing you as well as a digital nomad, especially traveling with a family. So for myself, uh, it's just me and my husband. We don't have kids yet, so we're pretty much uh, still in the stage where we can travel technically. Um, and as Rick mentioned, I'm, I am a graphic designer and I just love the freelance lifestyle and working on my own terms, my own schedule. And I used to work for companies. I used to work at an agency. And the reason why I'm not working at an agency anymore is sort of by chance and by fate, I would say, because I, I could never really keep a job, like either because the company downsized and they have no budget or some sort of politics and I just didn't really enjoy working at a company, at an office and just having that sort of a very set standard lifestyle. So I can, yeah, I can pretty much relate to a lot of millennials who are also thinking around the same route as exploring digital, being a digital nomad or just working on your own terms in your own time, I, I truly value that. I mean, sometimes the sacrifice, I realize the sacrifice of having this lifestyle is you're not, you don't have stable income and you don't know how big your next paycheck's gonna be or when it's gonna be, but the amount of time that I've gotten from being just more independent of my work location is that, you know, it's just so freeing, so much more freedom, so much more time. And um, yeah, so you know, I've been married for like probably seven years now, and uh, yeah, we're enjoying it. He's he's working at a company where he does a lot of testing and customer service support work for software. And yeah, for me, I'm actually very very excited to help a lot of creative entrepreneurs with either a lifestyle change or anything in terms of self care and just really supporting creative entrepreneurs and looking after their businesses with my graphic design and branding background. So everything from the mindset work to supporting your business physically, whether it's like the branding, the marketing. So I'm really into that. Awesome. Uh, you know, uh, your uh, you know job is actually a perfect nomadic uh, career. Uh, people who are uh, branding strategists and specialists and graphic designers logo designers, website designers, they can pretty much work from anywhere around the world. Uh, so as I mentioned at the intro, I'm curious to know about your missions work. Um, you know, uh, we share that as well. I, I actually happen to be a Christian. 
me and my wife met at a church in Vancouver called Coastal Church. And uh, now we're on the road and we actually do um, some uh, missionary work, not in the sense like uh, our church sent us out, but uh, more in the sense like we connect with orphanages. For example, last week we were at uh, Youth with a Mission, which is a Christian-based organization that is focused on empowering teens and youth uh, to get out there in the world, see the world, make a difference, do missions, etc. And we were actually volunteering and helping out teaching English here in Medellin, Colombia. And we were at the YWAM base and uh, we stayed there for a good week. And the kids absolutely loved it because they got to connect with other orphans. And our kids actually ended up giving away about 90% of the toys they were carrying. Wow. 10 or 15 uh, different toys. We, they, they were, like at first we were limiting them to like two or three toys. And then all of a sudden all these happy meals around the world, they've accumulated like 15 or 20 toys and they gave away probably about 15 of them. So now they're down to like three toys each. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I really liked how you guys do a lot of giving back and things things like that as well. And yeah, when you're talking about missions, it's something that my husband and I are very passionate about, which is also one of the reasons why we do desire to live a more freer lifestyle so that we have the time to do this sort of work. And I know a lot of people desire like a freedom lifestyle so they can travel and explore the world. I think for us, we're very where we're into traveling the world too, but we're very more passionate about serving those who are less fortunate. Uh, mission work for us, I think it's just something that we have in common where we just, you know, we sponsor a child from India and then we also do local ministry work as well. Like people think about, when they think about ministry work, I think they always think about, or mission work, they think about going overseas. Like you have to travel really, really far to serve. But if you look within our city, like since you're from Vancouver, there's so much poverty, there's so many opportunities. And for my husband and I, for the past few years, we've, uh, we just did a few local things when we can't get out of the country. Like if we have work or, you know, we can't go somewhere that far. You know, we recently had a mini, um, mini mission service where we distributed sandwiches. I think we made like 240 sandwiches. We partnered with Give and Serve Foundation and so they provided all the bread all the meat all the cheese and then they organized us and told us this is the station this is how you prepare the sandwiches pack them and then we went and we drove all the way downtown east side and we distributed it to um people who are walking by and yeah it was just a really great moment um yeah so those are one of the things that we do locally and sometimes we do fundraising projects we know like local communities with um, like youth groups since you're passionate about youth uh there was a church group who was they were missing a van because it was stolen and my husband and i just took advantage of our anniversary event to just raise funds for them so that they can have some funds to go towards buying a new van the, the coordinator actually uses this van to transport the kids from I think school to the programs. So it's really important that they have trans transportation. Uh, so it's always been a part of us to really just do things for other people. It helps us focus less on ourselves. So I think that's where the part of mission work comes in for us. Um, yeah, what else would you like to know in terms of mission work? Um, I mean, obviously you can do mission anywhere and everywhere. Uh, like you said, uh, the uh, mission at the end of the day is anything beyond your eyes or beyond your front door. Um, mm -hmm. So you, you do it obviously locally, um, but I'd love to hear about some of your actual mission trips overseas. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, typically you think of missionaries who have left their home country and who yes. are living in 
the in the jungles of Africa or the slums of India or like uh, volunteering or working in Latin America or any anywhere around the world. So talk through uh, talk with us through uh, some of your overseas mission trips. Uh, overseas mission trips. So. There's one that I did that was not quite overseas, so I'll go into the overseas ones. Okay, um, in India, that was back in 2010. We went to uh, Lucknow to help with uh, pretty much. We partnered with an organization called the Dalit Freedom Network, and we went there to really support and pray for those who are in the slums. And we also went to a school to really get an idea of how it is children there are like and um, to also do activities with them because the children there they value education so much more than the children we see or the children we know here in Vancouver so we were very shocked when we went to India we were in a school and then they were having their assembly and then the teacher or the principal introduced us and they pretty much bowed down to greet us and it felt like it was such an honor to be there and I felt that it's almost like I don't feel like we deserve it, but it's almost like thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to learn more about what you guys are going through. So, yeah, I you know you come to with a mindset to serve. Like you go overseas, you think that you're doing people who are in poverty a big favor, but ninety nine percent of the time you're the one who feels like you're the project, not them. And technically, we don't look at people as projects, but because the experience is so life-changing, you realize you get so much back in return. You don't even, you can't even imagine. So going there, I want, I want to see if there's a special moment I can remember. But I think uh, the children there are extremely precious, extremely grateful. They, you know, they laugh, they speak, they want to learn. Uh, they want your attention. And for them, it's so special. Like if you go into a more uh, like a very poor area, like on the streets, and if you just interact with them, if you give them attention, if you even say hi or shake their hand, it's like the best to them. They feel like it's the best thing in the world. It's like the most amazing thing just happened to them. And um, it kind of made me a little bit sad because then you realize that, you know, such simple things can make them so happy. And they live such happy lives compared to, us when we have everything i mean we have you know we take i feel like sometimes we take people for granted uh, we take our things for granted but over there it's just you get into a very uncomfortable place but it's so enriching that you know that your life's just changed by these simple acts of kindness and children we also did like praise and worship I remember we went into the slums and we saw a lady who was with a man. I think the man was lying down. He was really ill. So we were there to pray for him. And he was lying on his back and there were all these flies flying all over him. And I was just like heartbroken because I'm like, man, this is really sad. Like there are houses in the slums. I don't know if you've seen, but it's literally mud. And when it rains, they have to rebuild their house every single time. So it's not like we have a roof over our heads and, you know, we feel like we're always protected and we always have something. But imagine if whenever the weather changes, you always have to keep rebuilding your house over and over again. 
So going there, yeah, we did a lot of service work, but more like, I think it was more like praise and worship and being able to just uh, receive people as they are and just loving them was the big thing. It wasn't so much like digging a well or um, building them like a house. Uh, those projects came afterwards as later on, we when we came back from India, our church put together a project to uh, fundraise and build a school in India. So, and that was the project that came afterwards. So we believe that education can free them because I don't know if you guys know about Dalits. You probably heard of that term, right, Rick? Uh, yeah, for myself, I actually know the Dalit Freedom Network quite well. I've heard uh, the founder speak in the Missions Fest in Vancouver. Yeah. I got the book, read through the book. Awesome. Uh, I actually got this little pot uh, at this uh, Missions Fest and the pot represented uh, uh, kind of like the Dalit, uh, kind of something to remember the Dalits by. Basically, it's a term, I guess it means untouchables or... Yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, you know, and I've, I've actually traveled to pretty much every state in India. So I've seen a lot of poverty, and not every state, but I think every state with the exception of about five, which is the Northeast. And yeah, I've seen a lot of poverty firsthand uh, from the slums of Calcutta. And uh, just like uh, seeing it is actually, like you said, heartbreaking to see um, uh, like, um, you know, like, uh, disease and uh, leprosy and just seeing uh, uh, like uh, for example the beggars and the poverty and um, yeah people just uh, like having the children on the streets uh, living there it's super heartbreaking so good on you for doing something about it yeah I I feel like I don't know what I could have done there I mean what I what I really did for them but I felt like they did more for me than anything <laughs> uh, and it was just yeah it was just really special like Dalits, like you say, they, they're just like a very segregated group of people where they're not really treated or looked to as people. So that's why education is one of the pretty much the main tool that can help them get out of that. If they're educated, then they can at least have the freedom to become something and not be suppressed by society and how they've been treated. So, uh, yeah, that's why we place the value in building a school for them. And we place you know, the value of education for them. So, yeah, that's pretty much the journey to India. Um, I think we were there for a couple of weeks. I think that was the time frame. It wasn't too long of a mission trip, but then it wasn't like a really, really short one. Um, but yeah, we learned a lot. And there was just a lot of emotions going on. And of course, the less, there's a lot of like indigestion and like not feeling well, which is just part of the travel experience. <laughs> Um, belly, belly. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's pretty much how it went. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing about that. I think it's a unique part of travel. Um, a lot of people are wanting to do more mission type of work. It, not be, it might not be mission in the sense of bringing faith to others, but it might be missional in the sense of volunteering, giving back, uh, you know, building houses, uh, helping out at orphanages, teaching English. Uh, you know, teaching arts and crafts, etc. So there's a lot of work to be done in this world, and we as travelers, we as digital nomads, we as missionaries can actually help impact the world. And like you said, at the end of the day, it's actually us who are much, 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 much more impacted ourselves than we are by them. And I can just think of this example when we were here in Medellin, where we are at this uh, orphanage, YWAM, and we went there, we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna teach English, we're gonna help out the kids, and actually what happened is for the whole week we're there, these guys were serving us breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, they were making sure our kids were taken care of, they uh, gave us some time off so uh, the kids could actually uh, just play with other kids, and 
I, I really felt I gained a lot more than them. Uh, and it's kind of funny because when you go as a missionary or as a volunteer, you feel like I'm going there to serve uh, instead of being served. So it's kind of a little bit of a, um, um, you know, um, yeah, a mind bender. It, it actually definitely like shocked me how much I was served by them and how much our kids loved it. Our kids absolutely loved it. So we're going to do a lot more orphanage work in our travels. We're working with SOS as well. So shout out to SOS Children's Village. We actually stay with them around the world. We stay with them in uh, South Africa, in Brazil, and then here in Colombia, and we'll stay with them in a few other orphanages down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, so Danielle, I'm curious to know about your uh, other uh, side of uh, your business. Uh, we, we covered a little bit of the graphic design and branding stuff, but uh, I want to know more about the podcasting because now uh, podcasting is such an up-and-coming uh, marketing um, strategy for businesses, for business owners, for entrepreneurs, for bloggers. Uh, you know, for travelers, etc. And uh, we've launched our own podcast called the Digital Nomad Mastery Podcast only on May. Um, so it was, uh, the first episode was on May 20th. And we went pretty much gung-ho crazy. So we recorded uh, 170 episodes in three months and counting. Uh, so uh, I love podcasting and it's always great to talk to a fellow podcaster. So Danielle, I'm uh, curious to know about um, the idea, um, you know, tell us from the idea to the implementation in terms of the uh, the podcast, how you came up with the name, how you came up with the show idea, and then uh, walk us through the thought process behind your show. Okay. Well, my podcast is called The Unbranded Lifestyle, and uh, I never knew I was going to become a podcaster. It just happened. I did YouTube maybe on and off so I wasn't consistent on it but I think one day I just felt like I really had some things I wanted to say and I was just inspired to release a podcast on it the reason why I started the unbranded lifestyle podcast well first of all the unbranded lifestyle means to live a life without labels or limits and the reason why I chose this name is because I was just sort of sick of living my life by standards and particularly you know, when I was telling you about how I always kept losing my job as a designer and I couldn't really keep a job, that was one of my most depressing stages of my life. So I was really hanging on to the idea that my gift is creativity, so I have to become a designer. If I don't, then I'm not successful. If I'm not successful, then I'm not worth anything. So I basically had very negative thoughts about myself. And then I realized, you know, just reflecting, um, all the businesses that I started that didn't either work out or whatnot, I felt more and more depressed. And I think after a while, I just realized that, you know, um, the unbranded lifestyle is just what really represents me, a person, a creative who is struggling to make it work in my industry. But also the biggest mistake was claiming my identity in my work. So. My identity should not, or no one's identity should be based on, you know, their profession, their title, and how successful they are, at, you know, in their careers. But we always tend to think of people as like, you know, what they do, and you know, how much money do you make, or, and I just thought if I couldn't make it as a graphic designer, then I was just, you know, because I branded my whole life as a graphic designer. I just basically felt like I had to be successful. So things didn't work out and then um, I worked hard in a lot of businesses and then either they didn't last or I felt like I gave out so much that I just fell apart that I just decided to take a step back and unbrand, uh, which is the irony of it because a designer likes to brand things. 
And the unbranding process is really good because it's a way to deconstruct yourself rather than piling more things onto yourself. Like rather than always claiming the things that you want or you need and taking more ideas and creating more things and buying more things, you should probably do the reverse and strip everything out and see why you feel a certain way or you know what does living a life mean to you so for me that's exactly what i did i just stripped everything off and had no labels on myself for a while that's why when people ask what i do i do so many things that i just basically it's simple to help people understand i'm a graphic designer they have some sort of idea but um of course that's not like the only thing that i do like you know i, I do multiple things so yeah, the idea came from that, and then I just wanted to help other people to alleviate that pain as well, to also live a more freer lifestyle. And my passion is very much driven in helping the creative person because it's the me who needed the help that wasn't able to get to where I wanted to be. So that's why I wanted to use this podcast to inspire and help those to live a free lifestyle and also not be attached to the labels and limiting beliefs that they have on themselves. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoy it and the process, I think the idea was not hard once I found it myself. Like once you find yourself and your true purpose and why you want to do something, if you think about podcasting YouTube or you think about Twitter, Instagram, they're all just platforms. I don't know if you guys listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, but I love, I love his straightforward raw and sometimes very offensive <laughs> wisdom. Uh, but his advice is just amazing because he was sharing that, you know, everything is just a platform. It just depends how you want to ride it. So if you want to put your story out on a podcast, then do a podcast. If you want to put your story on a YouTube channel, then do it. Anything can make you successful, but it's not the, it's not the vehicle that makes you successful. It's how you use it. So I really recommend if you want to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, really, really know your niche and what you stand for because that's what's really going to drive you and that's what's going to really connect with people. Because if you keep uploading, this is not for you, but then like I know people who upload a lot of content, but if they're not relevant or they don't connect with people and they don't connect with your own purpose, then it's just a hub of information. Like behind the platform, is you and you are the brand and you're the reason why people follow you so um so i can really really attest to that uh, yeah but podcasting i love because i love talking <laughs> so i think that works out for me uh, some people love blogging i've seen some very very successful bloggers um but you were asking about sort of like the process right of starting a podcast rick yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's great to hear the thought process uh, behind the show title and how you came up with the idea. Um, and I love the show idea, too, because a lot of us uh, don't like labels. I mean, uh, even when I think of my ethnicity, I'm like Indian, but born in Canada. I don't know if I identify with Indian or Canadian. Uh, when I think of my job, I'm working online, coaching, consulting. I do masterminds. I do online courses. But I don't like the label. Even like Digital Nomad, I'm like, well, I'm nomadic now, but I might settle for a little bit, and I might not be nomadic in a few months, a few years. So, um, and I, when I think like, where are you from, Vancouver? Well, I'm not because I'm traveling, and like, you know, I, I don't like the labels either. So I think it's really good what you've created because I think there are a lot of people in the same boat as you, myself, and a lot, you know, just like uh, thinking outside of the box, thinking outside of the labels. 
So yeah, the question was now, now that you came, you came up with idea and like you came up with the show uh, graphics and the name, how did you go from idea, um, from conception to actual implementation? Um, that's the hard part because for someone like me, I'm not extremely techy, so I didn't know where to start when it came to podcasting, but I know that there were a few resources that I looked up on Google and a few people came to mind in terms of podcasting. Uh, there's a guy named Pat Flynn. I don't know if you heard of him, but he's really, really popular with um, online marketing and he's done a lot of, he's a very, very famous podcaster as well. And I looked up some of his articles and his podcasts. So if you want to start a podcast, um, I would recommend that you look for other people who are doing podcasts and see what you like about their podcasts and then do some research based on that. Uh, I went to Pat Flynn's website to look for his tools and his uh, knowledge because he was known for podcasting. So he had a lot of tips. And uh, not everything is technical, but the technical stuff I had to figure out myself. So you would have to think about things like um, if do you want a jingle in your podcast, like how how polished do you want your podcast to be? Because some people have very raw and very uh, very raw podcasts. They don't need anything fancy. You don't need a fancy mic. You don't need fancy recording software. You don't need to edit. Uh, you just speak into your phone and then you upload it and you've got a podcast like that's pretty much what podcasting is like to the bare bones so you don't need fancy studio equipment i know some people do it that way um, they have like a really nice room and everything i know some people that i listen to and they just do it in their laundry room like they record their podcast in the laundry room there's echoes there's things going on um and then there's some people who do it in the studio. It's just like this really crisp sound and you have like the best jingles and everything. So it just depends on your style and the people, your audience. So I would say that it's really important to really know your own voice and how you want to be. I mean, if you want to be a more polished podcaster, then you can buy the more expensive equipment. But uh, for me, I already had a microphone to begin with. Uh, it's actually right here. It's like this one. It's like a Blue Yeti. I didn't know I was going to use it for podcasting. My husband bought it for me many years ago. And he's like, just do something with it. Because I think you're the type of person <laughs> who would just do something with this. And I mean, I've experimented with it. And it came in handy when I started my podcast. So, I mean, just use stuff that, you know, you find. And also, um, yeah. Anything you don't know, like technical-wise, if you really want to DIY your podcasting experience, just Google it. I mean, I learned everything from scratch. Some of it was a bit of a headache, but some of it, I would say I wish there was some sort of guidance, some sort of a course or something I could have taken to get down the basics, and then I can do the rest myself. But, uh, yeah, the process is learning some of the technical stuff, learning where you want to host your podcast because a lot of people, they don't understand podcasting is different from YouTube. YouTube is free. You upload stuff and you get as much time as you want. It's unlimited. You get to post as many videos. Podcasting, you have to buy web, uh, kind of like podcasting space, almost like web hosting. So you would either host it with like, I think the there's like Libsyn, there's SoundCloud, there's Podbean, there's a whole ton of them out there. 
I just do my research and saw that SoundCloud was something that was easy to use. So I went with that and it wasn't expensive. They give you free storage ahead of time. So just work with your budget as well is another thing. There's always free stuff out there that's free for a limited amount of time or a number of podcasts you can do. I would say test the waters first. Like see if you enjoy podcasting, get all the free stuff done. And if you love it, then sign up for a more serious account where you get to pay monthly to do more episodes. I mean, I started only with like one or two and then I realized, okay, I really like it. So I just kept on going. Um, so yeah, I really think it's important to see if you like it first. Podcasting is not for everyone. Just like how YouTubing is not for everyone. Blogging is not for everyone. Some people discover they hated blogging because they don't like to write. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's pretty much some of the basics I would share. Yeah, no, there's some uh, great uh, tips there, and I like I like how you broke it down in terms of like you can pretty much do it very um, um, you know bare knuckles without much equipment, or you can go crazy having like filter mics and like uh, stand mics and multiple mics and having a whole studio. Uh, for those of you who listen to my podcast regularly, you'll know. Uh, and if you watch the videos, I'm always different locations <laughs> because we're traveling. I do it, and I, I do it just through my laptop. And uh, you know, you showed me the mic you had, the Blue Yeti. All for me, it's a it's actually really basic. All it is is these uh, uh, earphones. If you're watching this, you'll be able to see it. But I usually plug it in, and the speaker is here, and then that's that's my equipment. <laughs> it's my laptop and my earbuds and the little uh, microphone that I speak into. And uh, sometimes, um, like now, I didn't even feel like actually using it, so I just uh, do it without it. And um, for me, it doesn't have to be perfect because life isn't perfect, and I don't want my podcast to be perfect. I just want it to be out there. Um, so I chose to actually do it raw and um, even uh, very unedited. So if I do a lot of mumbling, I apologize about that. If I do a lot of ums and ahs, you know, uh, call me out on that because that's part of speaking and I'm trying to improve myself. And every episode I get better and better, I feel. Uh, you know, uh, ever since the episode one, which is horrible, don't listen to that one, listen to the last one. <laughs> uh, the more you do it, the better you'll get. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the objections people have with podcasting, Danielle, is um, editing. Uh, they just don't like the editing. They don't understand how sound works or the sound waves or how to piece different uh, parts of the podcast together. So you can do it like me, which is pretty much unedited. I pretty much push start on my computer and I push stop and then boom, there's my podcast. Or you can do it like someone like yourself who edits a lot more. Um, so walk us through um, how you edit, what you edit, and what software you use. I actually, because um I'm Mac based, so it comes with a free software called GarageBand. So if you're a Mac user, it's automatically in your uh, MacBook or your Mac. You'll get GarageBand. And I chose to use GarageBand because one, it's free. Two, I it was not too hard to pick up. And if I had any problems, I just went into YouTube and just Googled a bunch of uh, help on GarageBand and that would pretty much do it. And yeah, I edit out a lot of random statics or let's say if I was having a conversation with someone and the pause seemed kind of long because sometimes maybe the person is long distance and it's on, um, you know, yeah, the, the receiving end is not as fast because you're not directly interviewing someone who's right beside you. So I did both. I've had guests who are right beside me where I spoke, and then of course Rick, who was like, <laughs> we were like on Skype or whatnot, and 
Uh, yeah, so I would edit out some of the spaces, some of the long pauses. Um, I also edit out based on how long I want the podcast to be. So I usually like to keep my podcast max about 30 minutes, 40 minutes kind of pushing it. But if it's really, really good content that I just let it go, I would never do a podcast that's about an hour long because that's just, for me, I find that I put a limit to it because I'm just gauging sort of my audience's attention span. And I even have podcasts where it's literally under 10 minutes because I think those are good for people who are, you know, they don't have a lot of time, but then want to listen to something in the morning, maybe something on their lunch break or something in when they're having breakfast. And then of course the 40 minute ones serve people who are in very long car rides or very long commute time. And maybe they're doing the dishes at the same time or something. So I try to cater to both audiences and that's why I edit my podcasts. Uh, yeah, I take a lot, sometimes I take out the ums and ahs too, like if I find that there's a lot of those. And um, yeah, I just make it more polished because I feel that I think eventually in the future I'm working more towards a more studio experience. Like not right now, but maybe in the future if everything, if this podcast is going to go pretty uh, big. Uh, but yeah, I mean ultimately as long as the content serves people that's the most important thing. It's not really about the editing. The editing is just, keep in mind, I'm a designer. I'm a graphic designer. <laughs> so it's easy for me to be particular. And, you know, it's just my line of work. And then I'm just sort of accustomed to that. But no, you don't have to edit your podcast to perfection to get it out there. The most important thing of any piece of work is that you just have to get it out there. Execution is so big. Like it's like, right, it's key. If you have a bunch of amazing podcasts, but you don't launch them because you're nitpicking on the sound or like the static or whatever, and you just don't launch them, then you're gonna withhold a lot of great content from a lot of people that you're supposed to serve. So yeah, do them a service and launch your podcast and don't think too much about it. Don't focus so much on all the imperfections. I mean, to this day, I still have things I don't like about some of the things that's out there, but I realized at least people heard it and people don't pick up the things that you pick out. It's funny because you don't like this and they're like, I liked it. And then, yeah, so really editing a podcast, it can take a lot of time too. So you got to figure out if, you know, are you just doing this on the side? You know, what is the most, what's the main priority? Is your main priority to deliver the value as quick as possible? Because if that's the case, then you don't want to spend so much time editing. So for me, when I first started, I spent a lot of time editing. I have to admit that. <laughs> so now I I don't spend that much time, or I know how I know I know how much time I should allot to editing. And yeah, GarageBand is a great software to use. It's the one that I use. If you're on a Mac, it's free. And I think there's a lot of other free platforms you can download that you can edit to. I think I don't know if QuickTime has much editing preferences there but options but uh yeah i think some people they use they use quicktime or something like that uh, there's also imovie if you really want to do it on imovie especially if your podcast has video to it you might want to do an imovie which is also free so yeah and just pick a mic and just do it i mean you don't have to buy the most expensive equipment so yep that's pretty much the basics of editing a podcast. 
Yeah, no, thanks for sharing those insights into, um, you know, what you do and uh, how you edit. I think that really helps us out. Uh, uh, for the people listening who actually want to tune in to your own podcast, uh, what is the podcast? How can people find you on iTunes and other podcast directories? And how can they subscribe and uh, leave you a rating review? Uh, yeah, you can look up the unbranded lifestyle on itunes and i'll just be there or if you want if you're on soundcloud you can go to soundcloud.com slash uh, forward slash the unbranded lifestyle and yeah feel free to listen some of my episodes are also on my youtube uh, my youtube channel is just my first and last name danielle ma right now so uh yeah like the really short podcast i tend to do a video version of it um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Awesome, and uh, we'll have those links below so we, uh, you can just actually click through uh, to watch the YouTube version of the videos and also to listen to some of them. And if you have any advice, uh, uh, sorry, if you have any questions, uh, Danielle, how can people find you if they want to ask you questions about uh, missions work or um, graphic design or podcasting? <laughs> um, well, I have an Instagram account, which is also the at the unbranded lifestyle so instagram is a great way to find me and also uh facebook also uh facebook.com forward slash the unbranded lifestyle so pretty much facebook instagram i yeah i'm most often on facebook and instagram so those are the two places you can find me awesome well hey thanks for sharing today about uh you know travel to india missions work uh podcasting and much more yes thank you so much rick uh, thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. Hopefully you've been inspired to start your own mission trip, to start your own podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, I actually do those two things too. Uh, you can ask me. Uh, I do uh, missions when we're traveling and also I do podcasting. And uh, obviously you can ask Danielle as well. And uh, you know, uh, make sure you subscribe to her on iTunes. It's a great podcast. Make sure you check out my episode too where I talked about my life as a digital nomad. And she has some great episodes uh, talking about a whole bunch of topics to do with being unlabeled and being unbranded, you know, and I think we all need to do more unbranding. So thanks again for being on the show, Danielle. Thank you, Rick. Thanks so much for the opportunity. You're very welcome. So thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. Make sure you leave us a rating and review on our own podcast, and if you want, on Danielle's show as well. That helps us podcasters. We need those ratings and reviews to, to uh, move up the podcast rankings on iTunes and uh, the podcast directories. We also have an active and engaged Facebook group called Digital Nomad Mastery Community. So make sure you join that group and connect with the other digital nomads, the aspiring digital nomads, the other missionaries, the other uh, podcasters, the other bloggers, other video, video marketers, other internet marketers. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning into this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery where we teach you not only how to make money while traveling the world, but how to make a difference as a ministry, as a missionary, and also how to uh, you know uh, start your own podcast as another marketing tool for whatever business you're in. Thanks everyone. We'll catch you in the next episode. Happy travels.